Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, it's book club week, and we are chatting about the book Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson. Stay tuned. Do you love listening to I'd Rather Stay In and want to support the podcast? Well, now you can. Visit our website or the link in our Instagram profile and click buy me a coffee or visit buymeacoffee.com slash IRSI podcast. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can help us cover the costs of creating this podcast. There are no monthly memberships and you can support us at whatever level you like, whenever you like. Whether you buy us one coffee, many coffees, or simply continue listening as always, we're so grateful for your support. Good. I have been implementing a schedule for myself, um, but like a real schedule, not just like a, not a fake schedule, floating around fairy dust schedule. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I I made it in my Google Calendar, and I like made little time blocks for things. You like blocked things off. Yeah, like a Love real that. like a real person with a real job. Yes. Um, and it's going. Fairly well. It's going. It's it's going. Um, no, it's going pretty well actually. Um, I even blocked off time for like exercise. Wow. And then I blocked off the same time every day to do this one thing. And then I have it, you know, like this time I'll be doing writing. This time I'll be doing recipe testing and stuff. And it's going fairly well because I also smartly put like pads into it. Yes. Where like I have a block from, um seven to eight and then I have nothing from eight to nine yes. and then I have like a nine to ten block and then I have like half an hour of before the next around, thing figuring out what your life is doing time yeah or like going to the bathroom or making sure I fill my water or mm-hmm. things like that or like you know getting distracted by Facebook feeds or whatever uh the new Headlane Bennett aprons or whatever <laughs> it is that we're distracted by at that moment exactly um, so it's going pretty well, I think. Um, the only hiccup that I've had is that there's like one task that I've been assigning myself and I am working on it during that time, except I'm not getting very far. So it's frustrating because I'm like, you feel like you're spinning your wheels. Well, because it's one of those things where you're like, if I blocked more, if I just spent more time on it, then I would get further along and like, but no, because I have this schedule and I need to get other things done too. So we'll see it's only been a couple of weeks so far but it makes me feel a lot more productive that's good and more organized in general even though like last week I had a writing block and because school is back in session I did not go to my preferred writing coffee shop location (laughs) because all the damn college students have taken over yes I was worried there'd be too many college students there Give it like a month and it'll calm down. So I went I to the clo- one closer to my house and there's just so much activity at that one. And there's big windows that face downtown and I just get really distracted looking at everything. People watching. <laughs> the people watching is good and it's hard to not. Yes. I mean, someone last week walked in without any shoes on. For, Lots of questions. For whatever reason. I, I don't know. She had no shoes, no socks. Just walked in, ordered coffee, got a coffee. She left as soon as she had it, but I was just like, 
Why don't you have anything on your feet? This is a restaurant. It's weird. <laughs> but that's why I didn't get as much done as I would have normally. Well, normally, but at yes. a different place. Yes. Give give it a month and the preferred writing place will be less crowded with college students for the most part. Yeah. It's, and... like, it's like that first month of school. They're everywhere. And it's like they've forgotten. <laughs> like, okay, I give the I give the freshmen a pass because they're new. They're mm-hmm. new to town, probably. Mm-hmm. They're new to college. But the upperclassmen, I swear to God, it's like they forgot how to human over the summer. And they come back. And it's like they don't remember where anything is in Target, and Target is no longer a peaceful oasis, and the coffee shops are bananas, and parking literally anywhere in town is a nightmare, and I'm like, (laughs) oh my god. It's like when you have a gym membership, and the first month of the year is bananas, because everyone is like, I'm gonna live out my New Year's resolution dreams at the gym, and they finally like fall off after a month. That's what the beginning of school is like when you live in a college town. Yeah. That's, that's pretty accurate. People yeah. driving the wrong way down the well, street. Well, I was driving home from the restaurant, and I had to drive through ISU's campus. And it was like it was like a Friday night. It was probably like 10 o'clock. And I swear to God, I was like, oh, my God, please stay on the sidewalk. <laughs> like, it was the first weekend of school, and so I know they were all just going so hard. But these drunk-ass college students were just like, weaving around on the sidewalk and I'm like please do not walk in front of my Subaru I am just please stay on the sidewalk I was so nervous <laughs> like this is not okay <laughs> that, that actually happened I picked up Reese from from school the other day and we were driving uh to turn on to Washington and this a boy and a girl were walking home from school and this girl was just not paying attention and she just starts to walk and the like boy grabs her backpack and yanks her back. <laughs> they both just look at it like she felt like an idiot. I could tell from her face, but I was like, "Oh my <laughs> god, God! I didn't go to jail because I hit you with my car because you weren't paying attention." Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I felt that. <laughs> yes, uh, I have a story that our friend Kathleen was telling me the other day. Uh, she was in the car with her three-year-old daughter listening to Kesha and it was that song that's like I'm a motherfucking woman Mm -hmm. and that like line comes on and Charlie goes mommy did she just say mother pumpkin (laughs) Kathleen goes yes yes she did so I now it's now mother pumpkin okay in case you were wondering sure it's now no longer motherfucking it's mother pumpkin like yep Kathleen was like you know I don't usually lie to my kids but in that case I was fine it's fine she wants to think it's mother pumpkin that's cool she'll figure it out but yeah (laughs) she's like when she's 18 I'll tell her what she really thought what it was (laughs) and I was like well she'll probably figure it out before probably figure it out in like two years but okay (laughs) (laughs) three-year-olds well we are gonna do our second book club discussion Yes. So last time we read, what was it? Tired as fuck. Yeah. I'm fucking tired. I'm really <laughs> bad at remembering the it name was of tired that. Tired as fuck. Um, and so since that was a lovely nonfiction book, uh, we decided to go with a fiction book this time, and we wanted to read something by um, a BIPOC author. 
Um, and so we picked Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson, which you had already read. You had like recently read. Yes. I had, when we decided to choose it for book club pod, uh, I had already read it and I loved it. And I was just like, everyone needs to read this book. Well, because I remember the day you brought it home from the bookstore and mm-hmm. I saw it and I was like, I need that. I need to borrow that when you're done. <laughs> so, but of course I just ended up buying my own copy sure. because obviously, well, because I wanted to be able to like take notes and stuff. Um, and I actually may end up using this for my adoption uh, book club because it's excellent. It'll be, it would be a really excellent choice for that too. Um, but I also really love this book. I do want to preface this discussion with uh, the acknowledgement that you and I are two white women. Yes. And this book is about the black immigrant experience. Yes. Related a lot to uh, colonialism and a lot of the things that go along with that. So obviously we are not coming from a place of experiencing any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just want to make sure people know that we are aware. Yes, we are <laughs> We are fully aware of that fact. Um, yeah, and I think that this is, I think it's a really important read um, for everyone for that, like, reason. Um, yeah, and there's actually, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't know happened. Yeah. So, you're right. I think, I think when people think about, like, expanding their experience and learning about the experiences of other people and stuff they a lot of the times they will go to nonfiction books Mm -hmm. but fiction books are also a really great great way to learn about those things because Mm -hmm. i mean fiction's not just made up exactly there's a lot of history and uh personal experiences that are woven into books like these yes exactly um you know i so i was doing i was like I did a Google search on the author because I was trying to see if I could find like a really in-depth biography on her because um, her, the way that she writes about adoption in this book Mm -hmm. is really well done. Um, And I'm like, okay, what's your connection? Mm -hmm. Like I'm trying to figure out like what her connection, because it's written about in a way that doesn't just, most people don't just write about adoption. Like most people who, most authors who write about adoption, but they don't have any personal connection to it. Mm-hmm. Like this is not typically how it's written about. So I'm like, I would not be surprised if she like had a relationship with a birth parent who went through a lot of the things that uh, Covey slash Eleanor experienced mm-hmm. with like her adoption story um just because of the way that it's written about and it's portrayed is so good um i could and i could i mean i couldn't find anything like yeah. a more in-depth like anything like that um but I, I i feel like she must have some real like connections to people who have experienced a lot of these things because of the ways in which it was written about mm-hmm. i think that's true for a, a it must be true for a lot of the book because I will say that a lot of the book is very traumatic. Mm-hmm. There's lots of trauma going on in the book. But the way that she writes about it, I don't I'm trying to think of how to like it's not graphic. Right. I would say, 
but she she writes it in a way that you feel connected to what is going on Mm -hmm. like there's many times when I was reading this book where I would read it and I'd be like okay well now I have to set it down and like walk away and do something else for a little while because it's so heavy Mm -hmm. but it's it's beautiful the way that she does it Mm -hmm. and that's it's the same thing what makes me want to like most people can't tap into that Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is like her first novel, and I'm like, I'm sorry, can we gotta get some more out of you because this is excellent. Like, I'm so excited to see what else she writes. Okay, so before we go any further, uh, do we want to just kind of recap? This is a hard book to just like do a quick synopsis of. But yeah. Do we want to do like a, uh, as quick as <laughs> possible, like <laughs> recap here of what happens in this book or like what the book is about? Yeah, sure. We could try to do that. I think. Uh... Are we, are we do spoilers? No. I mean, I think this is a spoiler it's, podcast. Yeah, this is yes. a spoiler podcast. Uh, <laughs> this, it's kind of, there's the way that this book is written, it's really hard to talk about it without talking about yes. spoilers. So, yes. sorry, if you haven't read it yet, save this for later. Yeah, go back, back, read it, come back. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, it's an interesting book because it switches between, like, present mm-hmm. and then these, like, flashback stories um and between narrators and yes and between narrators which i thought was the way that that was done was really really well done we can talk about that in a little bit um but it starts off you know right away that there's these two siblings byron and denny um and that they're they have been estranged and their mother has passed away recently um and they're going into the lawyer's office um to you know hear about the will or whatever and the lawyer's like oh hey so there's actually this like eight hour long recording that your mom did Mm -hmm. um and she wants you to listen to it and like i'm supposed to be here and like play it for you and you know what you're supposed to listen to it together like her like their mom had like some specific parameters around how they were supposed to listen to this um, and so for most of the rest of the book, it's, there's a, like a big chunk, probably the first like two thirds of the book is them like listening to pieces of this recording of their mom telling about her life. Um, and then their sort of reactions mm-hmm. sprinkled in. Um, and you find out that their mom grew up, um, she grew up in. It doesn't actually say what island. It never refers it's to the Jamaica. actual island, I'm but I think sure it's, it's Jamaica. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be Jamaica. Um, grows up in Jamaica, and um, they know their mother as Eleanor Bennett. Um, and the story starts off, and she's talking about this girl named Covey and her experiences growing up in Jamaica. And she's got a Chinese father and a Jamaican mom. And the mom leaves when she's like twelve because the dad is. Um, an alcoholic and uh, uh, has a gambling problem Um, and the kids are sort of like who the hell is this Covey woman that Mm -hmm. she's talking about and you eventually find out that she is Covey Um, and her dad had tried to make her marry this guy who she did not want to marry because he was horrible Um, and he dies at their wedding reception he is murdered at their wedding reception um and you don't know until the very end of the book who actually did it um but she like runs away like in the midst of everyone being like oh my god he just fell over dead she <laughs> runs away and everyone except for her best friend and her sort of surrogate mother 
think that she's dead. Um, but they help her escape to England, um, where she goes by a slightly different name and then ends up taking the name Eleanor Bennett after a tragic accident where her friend dies and there's like a case of mistaken identity at the hospital and she's like, I'm going to roll with this. I'm just going to roll with taking my friend's name. Um, And she eventually reunites with her childhood love. He changes his identity to be with her. They end up moving to the States, having their family. Um, You also find out that before she um, reunited with her husband, she had a baby, um, baby girl that she placed for adoption and she never told anybody about her. Um, And so a lot of this story is like setting her kids up to reunite with their sister, um, which they do end up doing at the end of the book, like after the story is told. Um, They end up reuniting with their sister. And um, it's the novel's called Black Cake because Jamaican black cake served as like a cornerstone of the mom's like heritage and childhood and it's something that she taught her daughter to make um and she like it was just this really important part of her culture and her upbringing um and it's really like plays it's interesting how this recipe like weaves itself throughout the book Mm -hmm. um and like ties the characters together and even like the sister who had been placed for adoption like she had experiences with black cake even though she didn't know she was adopted and she didn't know her heritage and like all of this stuff like she growing up had these experiences with um black cake and then at the end of the book you know the siblings have a slice of their mom's last black cake that she'd put in the freezer and like it's a whole thing um and obviously that like feels like a insufficient like explanation of what the book is but it's it's so beautifully told like the, the way it's beautifully told and the way the mom Eleanor is like telling her story and unveiling pieces of her story mm-hmm. um I don't know it's really powerful one of the things that I liked the the most about this book especially in relation to the cake itself is the connection that Benny and her mom had Mm -hmm. over the cake and the fact like as you learn more about Benny and her struggles and what led to the estrangement between her and her family the fact that the cake is the thing that kind of like it almost like defines who she really wants to be and who she becomes because she has years of like struggling to figure out who she is what she wants to do with her life she goes tries different things at school. She like goes to an art school. She goes to a cooking school. She does all of these things. And then you real she realizes that like the thing that she wants to do is like make foods like this that she grew up making with her mom that tied her back to her heritage that she really didn't know anything about. Right. Because they never went to her their parents' island. They never right met any of their relatives they never experienced any of their heritage outside of what their parents gave to them yeah yeah because their parents like when they moved to the united states they had to cut all ties Mm -hmm. with their home because they were hiding Mm -hmm. they didn't want covey now eleanor to be like arrested for this man's murder right they knew that she was like the number one suspect um 
And so they had to change their identities. They had to cut ties. They told their kids, like, oh, we were both orphans. Mm -hmm. And so, like, their kids just take that as, like, oh, well, they didn't really have any family or, like, any ties. And they, like, moved to California because they wanted to get away from, like, other uh, Caribbean folks because they didn't want, like, it's such a a tight-knit community. They were like, oh, somebody's going to know somebody that knows about us Mm -hmm. and will, like, recognize us. So we have to get away from that. Yeah. So it was it, it was interesting how, like, they have this cake, which is like the one thing that ties them to their culture, really, like mm-hmm. really ties them to their culture. I mean, it sounds like Eleanor made like other foods that absolutely were, you know, from from her childhood, but it was the cake is the big thing. Mm-hmm. So the, and then the way in which when you find out her real story, like the cake is still a cornerstone of it. Mm-hmm. The cornerstone of their childhood with the like sort of pieced together stories that weren't told. And then the real story of like this cake is a big deal. Yeah. It's really important. I think also she does a really good job of between the two kids kind of contrasting the kid of immigrant experience mm-hmm. really well because they have the one kid who is the overachiever mm-hmm. does everything that his parents asked him to do he does as well as he can to be as successful as possible and then you have benny who's just like i don't know i don't what know I'm what i'm doing. doing like she doesn't feel like she fits in in any because yeah. she's like very light-skinned like her mom and so she doesn't feel like she's fully black she doesn't feel like she's white she doesn't feel like she like she's just like i don't know Mm-hmm. I don't fit into anything really. She's bisexual, and so she's made to feel like she's, oh, you're just confused. You don't know, you know, what, you don't know what your sexuality is. And so she's, like, made to feel ostracized in literally every part of her life. Yeah. And so she's like, I, fuck it, I don't know. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, it was very interesting to see the, see how the two siblings just, like, loved each other so much but we're so very different and yeah to see them like because when the book starts they're estranged and so the 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 narrative around it is like oh well we were really close when we were kids and so it was really interesting to see them come back together um, and see them make peace with each other by the end of the book yeah i do appreciate that while they were still making the peace though they it wasn't an immediate like I think in movies and TV shows it's just like you make up and then it's fine. It's just one moment, hooray, we but hug. In yeah. the book, they like constantly are going back to like she needs to go be by herself. He needs right. to go be by like they don't have it worked out immediately. Yes. And even by the end of the book, like they still don't have it a hundred percent worked out. They're right. still working through it. And that is so understandable. Yeah. Well, and I appreciated that in the way that they talk about Marble, who's the adopted sister. Uh, and it's it was interesting to me because, like, we definitely get a little bit of the story told from Marble's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't go super deep into, like, especially, like, around the reunification. It doesn't, like, get to doesn't go super deep there and so Mm -hmm. that's what makes me wonder if Charmaine's main experience is with someone on the birth parent side um because it it feel it felt to me like she wanted to include the adoptee 
but didn't want to tell a story from an adoptee perspective that she didn't fully understand yeah is how I read it Mm -hmm. and that's just based on all of the adoption shit that I've read (laughs) some of which has been well done and some of which has not been well done right um but even that like you know they have this reunification and it's really got its ups and downs which is extremely like accurate to many reunification stories like Mm -hmm. even the ones that go really well there's still these like ups and downs and questions and on both sides and I felt like that was told really well um and you know that isn't ironed out 100% by the end of the book they're not just like this hunky dory now we're all one big happy family like they're still figuring out how to exist with this like new sibling and she's trying to learn how to exist with this new family and you know balance the family that she grew up knowing knowing with her birth family like all of these pieces they aren't just it's not just perfectly like tucked away and like okay here we are wrapped it up with a bow yeah beautiful story i think too the way that she has so she has when byron and benny meet marble like benny is immediately warmed her and drawn Mm -hmm. to her benny's very suspicious and i think a lot of it not just with her but then when they go meet their grandfather he's the one to walk out and it's like a whole i think he is i mean he seems to be the one i think because his life previously was like so much on straight and narrow so much about the Mm -hmm. success so much about doing the right thing mm-hmm. he had his world upended more than benny in a way yeah simply because he hadn't experienced as much trauma already mm-hmm. as she had and so i thought it was like i thought it was really interesting that benny who had been estranged who had been having all these problems with their families was just more willing to like welcome new people into her family right. she was a little bit like well i'm mess already so let's just add (laughs) some more hot mess whereas like byron was definitely like well and it was interesting like the way that he talked about for example his Mm ex-girlfriend lynette right lynette yes yes um and like the way he talked about like them breaking up and like well she just like left him and you know that was on her and like all of these things of like he's like well you know i'm just trying to be like the best son that i can be and the best you know marine biologist that I can be mm-hmm. and like all of these things um and so it was interesting the way that like he finds out that Lynette is pregnant after he's his world has like been upended and then like here let's upend it some more mm-hmm. by like oh hey you're about to have a kid and like all of these things and I think if he had found that out beforehand I don't think he would have handled it in the same way yeah so it was, it was interesting, the timing for him to find out, like, oh, hey, you're going to be a dad, and, like, all of this stuff. Like, I yeah. think I think if he'd found that out before, like, obviously, I, I can't say how he would have handled it, but I definitely think it would have been a different outcome mm-hmm. and, like, handled differently. And I think the way that she does this with the switching the narrators, the way that she has Byron talking about his relationship and dealing with his personal stuff Mm -hmm. 
is very different from how the way he has Benny talking about her relationships and her dealing with her personal things. Mm-hmm. Whereas you you could tell that Benny does not acknowledge those personal things as much mm-hmm. in his life or he hasn't been forced to previously. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that she contrasts those two is just really well done. Yes. Like, like I'm just... I, I felt, I it's felt so very <laughs> much... Right, like with the different narrators, I felt very much with all of the different narrations and the different perspectives like that they each of them very much embraced that character's Mm -hmm. like mindset Mm because you get from byron and benny you get from the mom you get from marble um you get from uh mr mitch the lawyer Mm -hmm. um you get a little bit from um eleanor's dad you get a little bit from um pearl you get a little bit from Bunny. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's, like, you get a lot of different perspectives, and every single one I felt, like, really was, like, inside the mind of that character. Yeah. They were all just, like, different. So, I don't, yeah, I, I felt like that was just so well done. Yeah, I think it's it's really hard to do, and I think mm-hmm. not, not a lot of authors even attempt that because mm-hmm. it's so hard to do, and I'm trying to think of another book that has that I've read at all that has done that with different narrators and the only thing that I can think of is like Game of Thrones which definitely is not remotely related but also is it's those are completely different books of course but the way that he like writes different narrators it's just another person with action you don't like get a feel for the character the way that you do in this book yes. where like in this book like i was sobbing through a lot of this book this book was i was a, at the end i was a mess and you know what actually made really made me a mess was um the stuff with bunny at the end mm-hmm. like i when you when you figure out that so she has this best friend bunny um growing up on the island and you know bunny is one of the people that helps her escape um and then like knows she's alive at first but then after this like tragic accident where she ends up taking her friend eleanor's name like they all think that she's actually dead this time Mm -hmm. and because so like because um she and bunny like loved to swim in the ocean so much like bunny's like i have to like keep doing this for cubby like for my friends like mm-hmm. she's gone but i'm gonna keep swimming and she becomes this like super famous like distance swimmer and like there's a mention of this swimmer at a pringle like earlier in the book and mm-hmm. then you find out later like that's bunny yeah and not you find out that that's bunny you find out that she named benny for bunny mm-hmm. like you find like and then it, like bunny reunites with the kids like she becomes a really big part of their life like she she gets to reunite with cubby for like a brief moment and she like finds out she's a lot like all of that had me just like i was like on the floor a complete wreck oh yeah because the the part where you like meet her before and you like you see eleanor and Edda, mm-hmm. the time, like, they meet and you're like, oh, well, you know, she met this swimmer and she was really happy and whatever. Right. And it wasn't, like, a big deal. But then it was you... told from Byron's perspective Right. Yeah. And then you revisit it at the end of the book where it talks about how they, 
like met and they whispered to each other and you're laughing like crying oh tears so much. like that i don't know why like the like there were definitely other parts in the book that had me like really emotional mm-hmm. but for some reason it was the stuff with etta slash bunny that just like made me a complete and utter mess mm-hmm. i was like oh my god it's <laughs> like she she lived for you know 50 years thinking her best friend was dead but she like thought about her every time she like she carried her in her heart Mm -hmm. and you know and you find out that like Covey slash Eleanor carried her carried her in her heart she named her daughter after her I was like oh my god it's so beautiful (laughs) like it just ugh like and like the fact that you know Etta sort of almost becomes like I don't know the second mother figure to the kids Mm -hmm. you know because she knew their mother so well and she just like embraces the kids and it's like yes absolutely like I love you guys like treats them like her kids like I don't know it was just so lovely and I maybe that's the only child in me who like really loves my like sister friend relationships but I was like oh my god this is beautiful <laughs> uh, so what did you think about um the reveal at the end of who actually killed little man the girl's uh, husband so i f- i had i feel i had a guess i was i was guessing that that was well, gonna be it. I mean, and i was just know, waiting because like, i was like oh but like well it's interesting because like the way it's framed early in the book like we know that pearl who made the wedding black cake uh, we know that she had this bottle of poison mm-hmm. and that she'd been kind of thinking about like, oh, I should really like give Covey a way to like get out of this. Like we need to get rid of this guy. But it, you never find out like what she did with it. And you know that Bunny knows that something's going on and you know that Covey knows that something's going on. So you're sort mm-hmm. of left with these three women and like I, I, I had a feeling it wasn't Cubby, mm-hmm. um, but you just don't really know. Like, okay, was it per- like who is she protecting? Was it Pearl? Was it Bunny? So then at the end to like find out like what actually happened, um, I thought it was just I thought it was revealed in a really lovely way. Yeah, I thought I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. But I did think when I was reading it as it got closer. Maybe not toward the end end, but like when they keep going back to what happened that night and they're Mm -hmm. talking about it and you learn, as you like learn more about the girls and stuff, I'm like, you know what? She is very clumsy. (laughs) 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 So I wasn't like surprised necessarily, but I was like, it makes sense, especially because, because of the way that she keeps her in her heart. Yeah. After all that time, like it made a lot of sense to me. And because also, like, it's not really talked about a lot, but um, that she was, like, in love with her mm-hmm. on a romantic level. Um, right. And so, like, of course, you would do that for the person you love. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, and the, yeah, the only thing. secret. And... Yeah. The only thing that made me sad in this book that didn't happen was that she never got to connect. That Covey never got to reconnect with her mother. Oh my god, this that was the, like heartbreaking. Because I was like, okay, do we, are we gonna ever gonna find out what happened to the mom? And then you find out that the mom like slipped and fell at Niagara Falls, and like no one knew she was gone until they like find this body, and that the lawyer is the one that just like pieces it together. I was like, Whoa! yeah, oh my god, it was so sad, so sad. 
that's just that's the only thing and I was like I mean it it's it makes sense in the context of the novel but I'm just like no right. she needs to know and it, and it makes sense like to just further drive home because like when you find it out like the way it's told is like you know this that she had been a you know she was a black domestic worker mm-hmm. and nobody was really gonna be concerned with her disappearance and was no one was really gonna want to go find her like care enough to go find her yeah they're just like oh huh she disappeared well we'll hire somebody else so like that's why her death was never investigated her disappearance was never investigated and so it just like further drives home like how disposable black people are like were and still continue to be and i think that you know the way that byron talks throughout the book about how because he's really dark like his dad um which really contrasts with benny's experiences of being really Mm light-skinned um that he talks so much about his experiences of like being pulled over by the cops and like how he's just constantly worried like Mm -hmm. what's gonna what can happen what might happen like all of this stuff Mm -hmm. um and like feeling very his feeling very disposable in that way mm-hmm. um so i felt like yeah i feel like it was necessary for that to happen like just to further drive that home yeah but it made me really sad what did you think of marble's adoptive family oh <laughs> <laughs> as an adoptive mother god you know i just like <sighs> Also keeping in mind, I think, I, I don't know exactly the year. So she was born in like 70, I think. Yeah. That's, yeah, or, that sounds, around that time. Or 69, I think it said. Uh, I think she, it said she was born in like 1969. Um, so very different, very, very, very different time period. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, I thought it was really interesting because she really said the quiet part out loud in mm-hmm. this book. Mm-hmm. Um which is again why I was really impressed by how because it is it's rare for a book to talk about adoption that is not written by an adoptee or a birth parent mm-hmm. um, to be so like accurate and like say the quiet parts out loud. Um, so it says blah 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 blah. Um, this was on page oh there's not page numbers on every single page uh, <laughs> two two sixty two. Um, because Money Talks, a sallow infant girl born in the winter of 1969 to an unwed secretary from the West Indies, was not given up for adoption through the official channels, but was transferred instead directly into the hands of a well-off London couple who had paid the home for unwed mothers handsomely for the privilege. Wanda and Ronald Martin did not think of it as buying a baby. They thought of it as speeding up the process. Um, like, nobody talks about that stuff. Right. It's very rare for like a novel of this type to say that stuff out loud. Um, And that absolutely happened and still happens today. Um, And so I very much appreciated the ways in which she, she, Charmaine, talked about that um, and did not make, you know, she didn't mince words there. She was like, yeah, they basically, they bought their baby. They, they went through these, like, channels mm-hmm. so that they could get a baby faster. They didn't care. They were going to raise her as they wanted to raise her. 
they were, you know, they didn't tell her that she was adopted. They just, they hid her, um, they hid her heritage. They like did all of these things. Um, and so like, as much as it made me want to scream because it's just so unethical and so gross, Mm -hmm. like you also have to recognize like that was real for the time period. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately that shit still happens today. Yeah, it does. It's less common, but it still happens today. Um, it's funny. I was on TikTok yesterday and this video came up and it was like, I can't remember. It's these people who like read crazy shit off of Reddit. Mm -hmm. And the thing that they were reading about was like this woman writing and she was like, uh, so I just found out my boyfriend of six years is actually my brother. And it turns out like they were both adopted. They didn't find out. Neither of them found out that they were adopted until they were like in their teens. And so they really bonded over that and blah 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 and then they like did dna testing to like find out their aunt like their their cultural heritage mm-hmm. and then it came back and it was like you are a hundred percent siblings like full siblings and and it, i was like this is why it's why you have to you have to tell, tell people <laughs> and why openness is so important because like you don't want your kids to just be in a relationship with uh, their cousin or their sibling mm-hmm. and not know because like that's just added trauma like I was so sad for the couple as I was like watching that TikTok like my heart was just breaking for them because like that they've already experienced all of this trauma mm-hmm. and now they have this added trauma of like this person that they thought was their person for the rest of their life like their soulmate mm-hmm. oh by the way it's your sibling yeah like and so like it's like that kind of stuff where I'm you know in this book like I don't know, we're just lucky that Marble didn't, like, I don't know, meet Byron and then fall in love. Like, you know, like, there, right. shit like that could have happened. Yeah. And, like, it's only because she lived in London, like, that it didn't. Like, all of this stuff. So, yeah, it's weird to I think of, it's, on the one hand, it's weird to think now to be like, oh, the 35 years they just lied to her. Like, a person who looks completely different from her parents they were just like oh you know you're just from your grandpa's side from your grandma you look different too and you're like but like it's it's wild to me that that would have happened except the fact that it did happen it did happen and it does happen i can't it's do you think now that there are people who are still like keeping a secret for like that that long even though it's so easy to find out now yes that's crazy i mean they definitely try also, I think the way that when she finally, when she does confront them, they were like, the way that she's written, she's like, oh, we've been worried about this for, for years and what would happen? Like, tell the truth. Right. Right. If you tell the truth, you're not going to be as, as fucked. Yeah. Like, well, and you know. And, and you, you could have handled it in like a, a much more caring way other than her being contacted by the other people. Being like, right. And I mean, she definitely was already suspecting that something was up because she was like, I do not look like these people. Like, yeah. there's something I'm a smart on. person. Like, Right. Like, you know, and she definitely kept like trying to get them to tell her the truth and mm-hmm. they just wouldn't and like all of this stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it was, and you know, I wish, it also made me sad that Eleanor and Marble actually never got to talk to each other mm-hmm. directly. Yeah. Because um, Eleanor was so scared of, like, gosh, I don't want her to hate me. Like, 
she because she was a product of rape mm-hmm. she didn't want that to like be added trauma for her like she just loved her so much that she was like i don't want to upset her apple cart anymore mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know it was just really um it, it made me really sad that eleanor even 50 years later continued to believe the lies that she was told in the maternity home which again is extremely common yeah it's extremely common for women who were forced to place their babies for their babies taken from them stolen Mm -hmm. from them Mm -hmm. that they were told these lies and they believed them to their dying day yeah it's super common um but it doesn't make it any less sad you know i'm just like come on please 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 recognize your value in her life you know (laughs) Like, she recognized, like, yes, she needs to know the truth and she needs to know where she came from, but, like, she just never was able to to drum up the self-worth mm-hmm. that those those people in the maternity home stole from her. Yeah. Believing that she was good enough for her baby. And, like, my God, that just, that just broke my heart. Broke my heart. Thanks, church. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I definitely, um, you know, like, I've talked about this. We've talked about this in my adoption book club because um, it's, you know, a lot of adoptive parents. And everybody that comes to my book club is amazing and they've, like, done the work. Um, and so when we read stories like this, for example, like, we're all just like, oh, those fucking adoptive parents. <laughs> and then we also have to, like, take a step back and be like, okay, if it was – the 70s mm-hmm. and we didn't know what we know now which so many didn't like would that have been us right so like it's it's hard when you're when you are like oh my gosh those people are so shitty and like i'm not saying they weren't shitty but also like sometimes you have to take a step back and be like oh man if i didn't have access to the education that i have mm-hmm. would i have done something similar you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. So I'm not saying that excuses their behavior, but it definitely, like, you definitely see this, like, how important education is mm-hmm. um, in adoption to know that, yeah, okay, this is, this is definitely not how we, this is definitely <laughs> not the appropriate way, and you definitely should not be going through, like, underground channels to, like, buy a baby. That's not, that ain't cool. Yeah. I mean, that should definitely be, like, red flags. Red flags, <laughs> red flags. Yeah. Uh, so we decided that we needed to have some black cake. Yes. So, because uh, I've never had a black cake. I haven't either. Um, I actually didn't know really what black cake was before I started reading this book, which I was like, at first I was like embarrassed by it. And then I was like, okay, well, most most of my black friends are African-American or um, like African. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't really have a lot of like Caribbean American friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, okay, I probably wouldn't have just come across it in my like a regular everyday life. Um, but black cake is, um, it's like a, it's a, it, it's interesting to me because I'm, cause I, I found a recipe from our, um, blogging, uh, colleague Tanya. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's her family's recipe, and it had a ton of really great reviews on it. So I'm like, okay, I trust you, Tanya. Um, and it's interesting because it, 
I was making it, and it reminded me a lot of making, like, my family's fruitcake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to Alex about it, and I was like, I would not be at all surprised if Southern fruitcakes sort of came out of this black cake tradition. I'd have to do more research to figure that out. But, like, it wouldn't surprise me, like, at all. Well, didn't... I feel like since Southern fruitcakes come... Like, there's also... Because there's also British fruitcakes. Mm -hmm. So, like, is it partially, like, Britain, the colonists coming to the Caribbean... Right. Bringing theirs there... It's hard to say. It's hard to say, like, what influenced what. Mm-hmm. I'd have to, like, really dig into the history, but mm-hmm. I feel like there's probably a good bit of everything influencing each other a little bit there. It's hard yeah. to say, right? Yeah. Um, but there, the recipes, I mean, like, it's definitely a different recipe, but it wasn't that dissimilar yeah. to making, like, a southern-style fruitcake. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, so I made it, and we're going to do a little taste test here. Yeah. Because we felt like that was a very important thing to do. Obviously, we have to get the full experience. Of course. So we're going to get a plate. Okay, so it's a little bit... We've cut into this cake. It's a little bit different from what I would normally think of a fruit cake, because it's... The fruit's blended, is that right? Yes. So you take a bunch of dried fruit, and you pour alcohol over it, so... Um, in the book, they use a combination of rum and port, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, our friend's recipe uses uh, sweet dessert rum, wine. She was like, you can just, she's like, I just use Concord Grape Manischewitz, <laughs> which was very funny because then I had to go to the liquor store and like, I couldn't figure out where it was. And I like, the lady's like, can I help you? And I was like, well, I have a question you probably don't get every day, which is <laughs> where's your Manischewitz? She goes, yeah, I don't get that question every day. You are correct. Um, so I that's what I used. Um, but I think it just maybe depends on the family mm-hmm. and as to what alcohol you use. But yeah, so you soak the dried fruits in alcohol for at least five days, but you can also soak them for like ever. Yeah, in the book, she just kind of like has a jar that she just always has. Yeah, has filled up with yeah. it. Um, and so yeah, you blend, you puree it together. And so um, the... The dry, the soaked, the soaked fruits. Um, you like puree that, and then it goes into the cake, um, which actually has breadcrumbs in it, which was really hmm. interesting. Um, and then um, the thing that makes it black is um, burnt sugar, mm-hmm. which I did not make myself because since I've never had black cake, I did not want to do two things I had never done before. Right. So Tanya had a link to like where you could buy the burnt sugar and then the browning sauce mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and so those are the two things that like give it the black color. Okay. Um, so like in like a Southern style fruitcake, it would use like molasses. So the burnt sugar is like a little bit similar in like giving it that darker color. Um, but yeah, that's what gives it the really dark color. But yeah, it's more of like a... And she said it's a little bit almost like a texture of like a steamed pudding. Yeah. Um, Because you bake it for almost three hours. Oh my gosh. At 250. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, So it bakes really low and slow. Um, But yeah, that's... And then you soak... And then when it's... You pop it out 
of the oven, you let it cool in the pan for like 20 minutes, turn it out, and then you pour a little bit more of the, the alcohol on top and let that soak in while it finishes cooling overnight. So that was the process. Should we taste? Are yeah. you ready? Yeah. It's really, really moist. It's very moist. It's definitely like a pudding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. And very fruity. Mm-hmm. What it's kind of fruit fruity. did you use? Uh, dried, uh, dried cherries, mm-hmm. raisins, and prunes. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I could definitely taste the cherry mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. It's really good. And that was a combo that Tanya uses and mm-hmm. recommends. I I would imagine that their other families maybe use different, like maybe dates or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was. I was like, I'm following this recipe exactly because I don't know what I'm doing. And I right. trust you, Tanya. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because they talk about in the book, like, this is like a very traditional, like, holiday cake. Um, but they also use it for weddings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that it gets covered and like fondant and they do like really intricate like flower decorations but they mentioned in the book that they cover it in marzipan before it gets covered in the fondant because it's like so moist yeah which totally makes sense yeah i think that would be it'd be really good with marzipan Mm -hmm. fondant is disgusting but Mm -hmm. (laughs) marzipan is good marzipan is delicious Mm -hmm. i will take no arguments there yeah well done Thank you, Tanya, for this recipe. Yes, we will link it in um, the show notes and on our Instagram because it's great if you are interested in giving it a try. So other than this cake, uh, do you have any final thoughts about this book? Everyone everyone should read it. Everyone should read it. Um, It is fantastic. Uh, Like we said, we both cried a lot. Um, I would say there's a lot of trauma warnings Totally. Going into it, just know that like mm-hmm. there's a lot of trauma that happens in this book. Yes. Um, Especially if you are a person of color. Yes. I feel like there's like added like, mm-hmm. take care of yourself if you want to read this book. Yes. Um, so you might need to take it slow. The chapters are pretty short because of the mm-hmm. way it's written. So that works out pretty well if you need to take breaks. Uh, I did also see that I believe this has been optioned for a TV show. Yeah, I, think, uh, I want to say like Hulu, but I may be making. That yeah, up. so I'm not sure how you know how far along the process that is. That's really exciting. Um, I'm I'm very curious. About, I hope they don't fuck it up. Right, I'm very curious about how they're going to do it, and I hope they do it really well because it's it's such a beautiful book, and I'm glad that it, it's being optioned for one because it means more people will read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just such a wonderful tale of the experience of the of black people and mm-hmm. and caribbean immigrants and yeah. i i'm i'm really glad that's getting recognition that it deserves yeah and i can't wait to see what else she writes yes yes this is your first book yes girl <laughs> give me more right yeah amazing so Steffi, what else is bringing you joy this week mm, isn't that a great question <laughs> i love that question for us so next week we are early next week we are hopping up to Chicago um, and doing our family pictures with Edie's birth family. We did that last year. We're doing it again this year, so I'm very excited about that. 
and I ordered a bubble machine so that at the very like end we can do bubble pictures with the little girls <laughs> and I'm very excited about how excited they're going to be about this. <laughs> I'm not sure there's anything my child loves more than bubbles so she is going to be extremely excited. <laughs> Plus, the fact that you are going to be out of town means that you have to pack clothes to bring with you, which means that you can control what your husband wears. Yes, although he's supposed to go today and, like, buy something. We'll see. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Yes. I'm sure other listeners understand this, this plight of, you know... Trying to get your your whole family to look nice for family photos. Yeah, it's a and you struggle. just like and, and like I feel like when you do family photos, you just mostly want to kill each other when you're like trying to get ready for them. And then by the time you get to family photos, you're like, everyone looks like you like each other. <laughs> oh my god! Accurate. Uh, yeah. Last year when we did them, or was that last year or two years ago? That was last that year. That was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my teenager wore pants that were slowly too short for him, and then he didn't wear socks that were long under his boots so he has some shots where he's sitting and you can just see like ankle three inches of his ankle because he's not dressed properly and i'm just like okay yes, whatever sure it's it's fine we're, we'll just crop that photo <laughs> there's stuff you fight and then there's stuff where you go okay that scans yeah mm-hmm. yep yep yes yeah well i did i did tell alex he needs to like not look like we just found a homeless man that we asked to join our pictures so i will pull his hair back for him he i will make him trim his beard <laughs> hoping he can I, I did suggest i was like you know old navy's got some really nice shirts and chinos and he's mm-hmm. like oh but i just go to kohl's whatever i don't care just get something just get something that's not a t-shirt maybe, i haven't yet told him that he's not allowed to wear his burks but maybe he'll get a clearance shirt with oranges on it well you know <laughs> i actually do need to tell him that he needs to not get anything too patterned because Edie and I are wearing matching dresses that have oranges on them. Actually, it's all like sorts of citrus. <laughs> uh, so we are wearing like pretty patterned outfits. So I should tell him to not get to get, get a solid to color. Solid. Um, and the, you know, the thing about my husband though, is that he is actually very capable of dressing himself nicely. Like he has a good sense of fashion when he wants to. He just he doesn't just want to. Mostly chooses <laughs> to wear the same shit every single day and look unkempt so there's that what's bringing you joy um so i found this person on tiktok the other day the other day yesterday um and she i don't know if you've heard about this there are ai programs out there for making art the yes so one of my one of my friends has been really into this and he's been making these absolutely crazy artworks with these AI programs and I really don't understand how it works but like I think maybe I think you give them prompts or something and it like makes the art or something like that but there's this woman uh who has a bunch of chronic illnesses and I, I can't remember what they all are um but she has been feeding into her AI art program uh-huh. different chronic illnesses and it spits oh, out like a visual creature oh. of what the illness looks like. Oh my god, I love that. And they're amazing. And she's working on like trying to get art prints set up for it so that she um, 
not that she like she's not trying to make money or anything, but right. she wants to make sure that like she has the copyright for it yeah. if she like lets people get the images and stuff. Right. But they're all amazing. She's got I think she's done like a five part series out oh of it God. now, and it covers a wide variety. And you're looking at some of them, and you're like, yes. That is what it feels like. Oh my god, I love that. That's amazing. So we will put that uh, a link to her, her account in the show notes because I'm so yeah, I've got impressed. They look really cool. I'm thinking about like, what if if I get one of these and like put it on a wall, would people be freaked out? But it looks really cool. Oh, and, really cool. Uh, maybe I need a visual visual representation of like, I don't know. I can't think of what one I was gonna think of getting now. But they had the they. She does have one for ulcerative colitis. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't really know what it feels like, obviously, but from what I've heard, yeah. (laughs) Can we have one for, oh, I guess I know what my other joy is. How did I forget this? I'm going to get my uterus ripped out. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I thought maybe you were just waiting to talk about it until it happened. No, I, oh, the fuck, it's happening, girl. It's (laughs) happening. It is scheduled. It is fucking happening. Uh, yeah, I scheduled a hysterectomy for the end of October, and I'm really excited. Very exciting. It's very exciting. I've been wanting this for a long time, so, uh, it's funny, because, like, all of my friends, like, know all of my struggles, so when I, like, texted, they're like, this is amazing! <laughs> Instead of being like, what? You're choosing this really invasive surgery? They're like, no, I'm so happy for you! This is great! I mean, I think every woman is like, yeah. Yeah, that get rid of great. that thing! <laughs> get it out of there! Don't let the door hit you on the way out. I'm not using it. Why do I have it? Right. Like what? The, mine it's is like, like the appendix. Partic- right. Mine is particularly useless. Like right? it just causes me issues. Goodbye. <laughs> so that is, get an AI image of that happening. Awesome. Can't wait to hear how it goes afterwards. I mean, it'll be, it'll be a while because obviously it's not till October and then you have recovery and things, yeah. but, um, exciting it is exciting uh so we will be taking a week a little bit of a break a little week off and then we will come back with a new episode about the pink tax so until then uh listen to us on your favorite platform and be sure to rate and review us on apple podcasts you can follow us on social media at irsi podcast or send us an email at i'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you bye